Hi, friend. Welcome to Holly's Highlights, a podcast designed to encourage, inspire, and equip you to intentionally live your life full of purpose. I'm your host, Holly Kirby, motivational speaker, leadership cultivator, marketing strategist, and personal cheerleader. Let's check out today's highlight. This program is sponsored in part by Murdoch Financial, an affiliate of Equitable Advisors, LLC, New York, New York, and Equitable Network, LLC. Hello, my friends. I recently received some podcast updates, and it was so fun seeing some of the places you and our other listeners are living in. In fact, we have hit all continents, so how cool is that? My kids and I were just talking the other day about cultures and upbringing and just how everyone is raised a little differently depending on where they live. And I really enjoy learning about such backgrounds and so forth. So I I was having fun with that. As I've shared before, I was basically raised here in Utah. My dad's job brought us here. And yes, I was raised a pastor's kid or a PK as we call them. One of the things I enjoyed about this upbringing, though, was that I got to learn early on in life about showing care to others as I would often tag along with my dad to visit kids kids in the hospital after school or take a cancer patient to the appointment on my birthday even, um, sit in the homes of those who had just had a loved one pass and they just didn't want to be alone or maybe they just needed someone to accept that casserole dish at the door. And of course, I got to help my mom package up many a homemade meal herself to deliver just about to anyone going through anything. So looking back, I'm, I'm learning more and more that my dad was what is now a rare shepherd of his flock. I'm not sure there was a single person in our church or any of our churches who had surgery where he wasn't there at the hospital at some point. In fact, he and my mom would make it a common occurrence to personally visit the home of every church member, and often even those just visiting the church. He and my mom have always had that servant's heart, and and just ones who truly want to minister, encourage, and help others how they may. So I really enjoyed learning from them in that area. Now, we've seen our fair share of being on the receiving end of things like this, too, from illnesses and surgeries or cancers and deaths. And we're so grateful for the hands and feet who have touched our lives through selfless, kind, and very thoughtful acts of love and care for our family. My brother just recently lost a good friend, and and he was sharing with me how he had ordered some flowers for the funeral, and he just didn't know what to write on the card. He was saying that he went through edit after edit as he was just filling out the card on the computer and, and not sure what to put down. And that got me thinking about how we all encounter at one point or another, a friend, family, coworker, neighbor, you name it, but someone in our lives who is going through something. It also seems to be there's a common factor that perhaps we have, and that's just not knowing what to do or how to help or what to say to those in need. So today I thought we'd take a look at five ways to help others through tough times. The first one, let's start right at the beginning of words. We start here because that's initially what all of us face right off the bat. You find out that news, whether it be directly or indirectly, it could be an illness, a death, a divorce, and suddenly you feel that deer in the headlights look of, I don't know what to say. Just me? No? (laughs) Well, first off, give yourself permission to not say anything immediately. Now, although silence often speaks louder than misspoken words, you can still take the time that you need to choose those words. After my mom passed, wrong words were spoken to me. And although I know this person had good intentions and has a good heart, those words still stick with me today. 
I too have been on the other hand of that where at a funeral, I felt I said the wrong words. And you know what? I sure hope that person doesn't hold it against me, but I do. Even if they don't, I still do. So when you have nothing to say, don't say anything at all right away. I recently had surgery and received a card where the note was written, enjoy your time off and hope you're able to rest and relax. (laughs) Now, initially, I was upset and offended by these words because I was in excruciating pain with a long recovery before me. And here I felt this person was just acting as if I was headed off on a trip to the Bahamas. Well, this may be a good spot to point out some specifics of what not to say. First, don't ever say, I know how you feel. No, we don't know how another feels. We aren't in their position under their exact circumstances. Now, we may be able to empathize as perhaps we dealt with similar circumstances, but just as Psalms 139.16 tells us, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. So each of our books, our story, our life is unique and different. We may have walked a similar path, but we do not know how another feels. The second statement of what not to say is that it's going to be all right. No, we can't guarantee everything is going to be okay. Again, give yourself permission to not say anything at all. And third, don't make it about yourself. If they ask you your advice, that's one thing, but be very careful to give unsolicited advice or some magic formula for what worked for you in a similar situation. Okay, so what do we say? Well, if you're of common faith, you could say something like, I don't understand this, but how may I pray for you and your family? Or in a card, maybe write, thinking of you during this difficult time. Or in my case, (laughs) above about my my surgery, simply a a love and then enter the person's name would have done the job. In person, you might express, I have no words. I'm so sorry to hear this. But bottom line, be genuine, be empathetic, be sincere. Now, of course, there are some situations that call for conversation where you have to use words, right? A visit to the hospital can simply be words of encouragement, you know, like you're a strong woman, or I've heard this is the best hospital for, you know, heart transplants or whatever it is. You're in good hands, you know, stating it just as it is even as you come in. So I just wanted to drop in real quick to let you know we care And again, if a faith, you could even conclude with, may I pray with you before I leave? Now, some of you may be really good with words. Then go for it. You're also the one who should probably be writing those notes on flowers or in cards or the one visiting people in person. The second way to help others is through our time. Now, when my mom was diagnosed with glioblastoma brain cancer, we had a village surround us through their gift of time. One big teddy bear neighbor mowed my mom and dad's yard. A group of ladies rotated bringing in dinner once a week. That was so helpful, especially on her treatment days. And another came and pulled weeds as she knew that mom just loved her garden. So perhaps words isn't your thing, but you can give your gift of time. Now, this is where I have to chuckle at my parents and a regular conversation that they would have in our household. My dad would ask people, whether it be on the phone or in person throughout ministry, basically, he'd say, is there anything we can do for you? To which my mom would then get on him for and and she'd tell him to instead of asking that question to be specific in what they could realistically do, or in this case, what would they realistically do? And what I mean by that is my mom would cook for you or do your laundry, grow 
grocery shopping, you name it. But here she was a full-time kindergarten teacher and had us three kids at home and then later on had six grandkids. So the only thing she did not want to offer anyone was child sit. In fact, she eventually got to the point where if she heard my dad say, is there anything we can do? She'd tell him once he got off the phone or he got in the car, if they say watch their kids, you're doing it. (laughs) So think through what you are able to offer as time. By the same token, as much as we tend to throw a casserole at the situation and take people food, when I was helping care for my mom during her final days, a former mom of some youth I used to teach years ago had reached out to me and said, what can I do? She just didn't show up with a casserole or offer to do a meal or something like that. She said, what can she do? Now, I was surprised, I think I surprised both of us when I said laundry. (laughs) Now, notice her approach, though. Not, if I can do anything, call me or let me know or anything I can do for you, like my dad's response would be. Those are pretty passive and and let's face it, they leave it wide open. And how often do we really take people up on those offers? It's kind of awkward to call someone up and say, hey, remember when you said you'd to let you know if I needed anything or anything you could do for me? Well, this precious one, she made the genuine gesture, a call to action of what can I do? And honestly, from someone who has a hard time accepting help, she made it pretty easy to be honest with her of an immediate need. Laundry. Now, just like with words, this may be a good spot to point out what not to do with our time. First, not follow through. We once had someone offer to bring a meal after a surgery and they showed up with all the items for a meal, but not prepared. Now, we were all kind of just staring at each other like, what do we do with all of this? If we commit our time to someone, especially during their time of need, for goodness sakes, follow through. People going through a tough time, they they just already have so much going on and and it's hard to really focus in those moments at times. So they don't really want to hear your excuses of your busy day or something that came up, unless now you're going through a crisis too, of course. So just follow through. Second, don't overstay your welcome. Whether this be hospital visits or home visits, they all should be about five minutes. You show up, you listen to them, perhaps ask what their biggest challenge of the day is so you know how to pray for them. Uh, Just let them know they're missed, whether that be at work or school or church or in the neighborhood or wherever you guys connect. Uh, Pray with them. Thank them for allowing you to swing by to check in on them or simply just let them know you're here to drop off a gift or something to help with them. And then you leave. Now, I do need to give a little clause here that if time is your presence, if that's your gift, then sometimes just sitting with a person is the time needed. So for example, when my mom passed, a dear friend of mine asked if I'd let her bring over dinner and sit with me while I picked out an outfit for the funeral. She didn't ask, how can I help you? She had something specifically in mind. You know what? That priceless time she spent was something I still treasure and am so grateful for. That was a need I didn't even know I had. When my mom was poisoned by tea at a local restaurant, we had some church friends who just showed up in the waiting room with some snacks, and they sat there for hours in the waiting room just in case we needed a break to come out and just talk. That was priceless time. Now, a tip when giving your time, what do you know about the person? Tap into that. That will often reveal some of the ways you can serve them with your time. Are they a clean freak? perhaps offering to clean their bathroom or tidy up their kitchen or uh, main common level where they're going to be staying during their recovery or whatever that looks like. Do they have animals in the home that need feeding or kids that need rides to and from school or church or sports? 
is a key individual down to where you could do that person's chores, so to speak. My husband used to take out the trash cans. So when he left, that was one thing I would always forget to do, take out the trash cans to the curb for the garbage truck. Well, a sweet older neighbor of mine noticed this, and he had seen my former husband take out the trash cans back when we were married. And so he took it upon himself to whenever he set out his garbage cans, he'd just come over and pull mine out too. I got to tell you, going through a divorce, that was such a simple gift of time. And yet it made such a difference. So the more you know people, the more observant you are of people, the better you'll have an idea of how to help them too. The third way is causes, supporting their causes. There are some life trials that impact people so significantly that they get involved with various causes. So whether this be a 5K, a garage sale fundraiser, a silent auction, becoming an advocate, the challenges of life become a passion and and your support of that cause can go such a long way. After my dad's heart attack, he became an advocate for the American Heart Association and our whole family got involved in the 5K walks that they would have. Our family listening to his experience of being an advocate was support to him, but us showing up at the walks to walk with him was of encouragement to him. Then there were some dear friends of ours that have a child with a lifelong illness, and they started a group in a walk for that cause years ago, and we got involved in taking part in walking in it. Now, through the years, the date has fallen on a a time when we're off and out of town, so we're not able to presently be there, but we're able to at least make a donation to show our support. As many of you have heard from past episodes, my daughter is an ambassador with Huntsman Cancer Institute. And as a result of my parents, so her grandparents battling cancer, she's raised just under $15,000 in the fight against cancer. I can tell you, those contributing donations to her cause have impacted her greatly. So what causes are those around you involved in? And how can you show your support? You'll often learn a lot about the person by the what causes they are involved in. You can hear stories of things that you didn't even know happened in their life and build that connection, but again, support them. Um, perhaps it's hanging a poster up at your business or financially contributing, taking part in just showing up helping promote on your social media, or maybe using your talents to help make t-shirts or give marketing advice or offer to pick up silent auction donations or make phone calls or any other avenue. This is a simple way to not only show your care and support, but even helping show such care long after the initial impact or the devastation of an event in someone's life. After all, remember that heartache for those in need doesn't just happen at the initial moment of the trial. It's in that first year without that loved one. It's the milestones after that divorce. It's even the continued grieving process of what has been lost. Number four, financial giving. Now, of course, this seems to be a number one way people assume help is needed. And although money doesn't fix everything, it sure can help in certain situations. I don't think any of us would disagree with that. But it may surprise you, though, that there are various ways to give financially without just giving cash. A more popular way to give right now is those funds that can be set up online. But did you realize the high percentage and the cents per donation that is deducted from each and every transaction? That's a lot of money deducted from what is intended to go to the recipient for whatever cause it is. So next time you hear if someone is going through a rough time and perhaps they're looking at a a fund like that or whatnot, think through practical needs that they may be experiencing. Perhaps you can purchase a grocery store gift card for them. 
contact their utility company and pay their bills directly. Now, a caution on this one, make sure they aren't renting because otherwise the property owners may be the ones to benefit from this and not pass on that payment discount to the renters that you're intending for it to help. You could purchase a Visa gift card for them to use however they need. Send them a DoorDash gift card or order a meal from DoorDash or other third party for them. Donate or let them borrow items they might need. A friend of mine was having surgery and needed an ice machine. I happened to have one of those from a surgery years ago and was happy to lend it to them. Also, don't neglect the opportunity for others to join in on the gift giving. You know, the more the merrier and the more the impact can be too. I'll never forget going through my divorce. A precious friend showed up on my doorstep to give me a hug and just remind me I was loved and being prayed for. And then she handed me an envelope that she said was from her Bible study group. And they just wanted to show God's love during this horrible time to me. So I opened it up and inside was a gift card to grab a Starbucks by myself, uh, another to help with groceries, another to take the kids out to dinner, and even a Visa gift card I think was in there to just use however was needed. I was shocked. I was humbled. Okay, I may have bawled a little bit too, (laughs) but it didn't matter the amount. It mattered that they showed such thoughtful care during such a devastating time. It lifted my head and, and basically just reminded me, God has me and that I wasn't alone. So your financial gift doesn't have to be that of a millionaire. It can simply meet a need and needs come in all sizes. Now, number five, we're here at the final one. Be creative. Use your creativity. As a little girl, I was put on bed rest to be in traction 24-7 for months. And there was a sweetest lady from our church. Her name was Kim. And her son, they both came up and uh, dressed all, all up as clowns to come visit me. And during that visit, they kept pulling from their shirts and hats and behind their backs and everywhere, crayon boxes and coloring books and all sorts of age-appropriate gifts for me to be able to do while they were in bed. Such creativity in their visit. Now, fast forward about 30 years, and that same hip disease had me on bed rest for many weeks. There again, a very thoughtful woman, Miss Carrie, I'll never forget her her loving act toward me. She went to the effort of picking up a wheelchair from church and coming to take me for a stroll around the neighborhood in that chair. That was the only way I was able to get out and about. I cannot tell you how therapeutic that was, feeling the sun on my face, the gentle breeze, the fresh air. And then just recently when I had to have a major surgery for yet again, the same hip issue, my friend Tony had been through this same or similar, at least, surgery. So he sent me encouraging texts throughout the week. And they were just ones that showed like where progress should be or maybe words of affirmation and and validation of thoughts and feelings and even just encouragement on surviving a new day. Each of these were so creative, though, and they ministered to me in such mighty ways. So whether it be your words, your time, your participation and support of causes, your financial gift, use your creativity to meet the need. Don't feel there has to be a cookie cutter way to accomplish simply showing care for another person. What are you able to do? Then go for it. Now, I'm a single mom who juggles work, community involvement, home ownership, my podcast, my book writing, and caring for my family and neighbors and friends. So I hear you when you say, that's great, but I just don't have time to do any of these. Well, this may be a good time to give a shameless plug for season two, episode 16 on how do you want to be remembered? <laughs> well, we all have 24 hours in a day. 
and we all choose how we spend them. We also all have different personalities, and so it comes more natural to some to want to extend care for others in helping some way. Okay, this might be another plug for Season 2, Episode 4 on personality tests. But just as Chick-fil-A founder Turek Kathy said, how do you know if someone needs encouragement? If they're breathing. So go ahead, open your eyes to those around you, your family, your coworkers, your neighbors, your community, whether they be through your church groups or networking groups, your friends. As the saying goes, everyone you meet is fighting a battle you know nothing about. Be kind always, through your words, through time, through causes, through finances, through your creativity. You know, my dream job, okay, besides being a full-time stay-at-home mom, would be to work for a millionaire and simply find people to encourage in various ways for various means. But you know, we do have our own means, our own talents and abilities and, and gifts of how we can help others. Some of my personal favorite ways of showing care for those going through a, a rough time, in addition to praying for them, for more on the power and effectiveness of prayer, I would highly encourage you to check out one of my personal favorite episodes, season two, episode five on prayer. But some of my favorite ways of showing care is if there's a death or a funeral. I think having flowers delivered to the visitation or the funeral ceremony it greatly shows that individual and their family, even those attending that the person you're sending them for matters. This is especially important for companies to do for their employees when they have a family member pass. If there isn't an official funeral, or if you're having challenges finding the info to send flowers to a funeral or or for a visitation, or flowers might not be appropriate, then I like to send the person I do know a gift card to purchase a shrub or flowers or even a tree to plant in their loved one's memory at their own home so that every time they see that, they can think of that loved one. For hospitalizations, uh, pre-COVID, I hand-delivered flowers, but post-COVID or even during COVID, having the hospital gift shop deliver flowers. They're really good about that. And you can do a card with it that they'll write up for you. I think that shows visual support of that person in their room. And it just adds a dash of color to the room too, which can help brighten the person staying there. But these days, many hospitalizations don't allow flowers. Or if you're like me, I'm allergic to most flowers. So in that case, I like to take a basket full of snacks for the family to munch on while they're having to stay at the hospital. Even a little bag with a magazine, a Sudoku puzzle, or coloring book with colored pencils for the person stuck in bed to help them pass their time. Now, if they're housebound, so surgeries, health illness, even a new baby, I mean, that's an exciting part, but even that has you just kind of thrown for a little bit, right? Well, most people flat out ask me for (laughs) Chick-fil-A. Now, as I've shared before, I have the pleasure of representing the brand locally. Well, I guess I do that well in this case, and they just often ask directly for that food. But if my time just doesn't allow to physically get them something, including Chick-fil-A, then sending a DoorDash gift card so they can purchase what they want when they want, and they don't have to deal with returning dishes or letting me in or me visiting when they just might not fill up to it. Now, depending on how long the housebound is for that person, me and my kids have even made signs to put in their front yard or uh, in front of their like a bay window, someplace that they would be able to see, just something to help bring encouragement, such as we love you or you're amazing or we're rooting for you. Now, a caution here is to be careful not to send a message to those driving by that someone at that house is vulnerable. So avoid messages like feel better soon or something like that. 
If there's a passing of an animal, I'm really heartfelt toward that. I had a, a dog, as I've shared before, Dakota, pass away to bone cancer. So if there's an animal that passes away, I like to put together a basket of all types of tissues and deliver it with a card of care, or I'll purchase a stepping stone for them to put in their garden in memory of their furry friend. Now, of course, with my own experiences, I've received many a phone call letting me know of their spouse walking out and that they're finding themselves having to go through an unwanted divorce or even ones who have lost their loved ones or gone through breakups or even those battling depression or just feeling alone or down. Well, inviting them over to join us for dinner or to play games or taking them out to lunch or for a cup of coffee and just listen to them, all of those can be very helpful. I was recently reading in a a study that Harvard did where 36% of all Americans, including 61% of young adults, that's a high number, and 51% of mothers with young children. And think about that for a second. Half? That's crazy. Well, those numbers are reported to feel serious loneliness. So what can you do to just simply invite them with you? For us, we like to have them join our family in doing things that we're already doing. Maybe that's grabbing ice cream or watching their child play in a sport or watching your child play in a sport if they don't have kids. We've invited people to do that and they've loved it. Invite them to go on hikes or walk around the neighborhood even. It can be simple. Just have them tag along with you on something you're already doing. Now, I like the perspective of former First Lady Eleanor Roosevelt. As she puts it, since you get more joy out of giving joy to others – you should put a great deal of thought into the happiness that you're able to give. Let me say that again. Since you get more joy out of giving joy to others, you should put a good deal or great deal of thought into the happiness that you're able to give. Now, a side note here, for those of us who have a hard time accepting help, as a wise Sunday school teacher once told me, don't rob others of joy of serving you. So the bottom line to all of this It's Proverbs 11.25, as it tells us, generous persons will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. So my friend, who can you refresh today? With your words, your time, through your support of their cause or with your finances, and simply using your unique creativity. For after all, when anyone is going through a difficult time, it's showing that thought that matters. Thank you for joining me on this journey of life. I hope that today's highlight has been encouraging, inspiring, and equipping so you can go out and live your life full of purpose. I'd be honored if you'd take a moment to leave a review, or better yet, subscribe. We can also stay in touch by joining my email list at hollycurby.com. That's H-O-L-L-Y-C-U-R-B-Y.com. Until next time, make it a great day for a great day.